Hello and welcome back to EastEnders Weekly Extra and we have an interview today with Rebecca Scrolks that we recorded last year. Yes, back in July 2018 we mm. spoke to her about her time as Tosh on EastEnders and her career afterwards, so her stage career and her current ventures onto television on the TV series Flack. Yeah, well Flack's out now so people can learn a bit more about the TV show Flack. And also a bit more about Tosh. Yeah, and if anyone's interested, um, Flack is on the W channel in the UK and Pop TV in the United States. So enjoy the interview. We are joined by Rebecca Scroggs, who plays Fiona McIntosh, or better known as Tosh, in EastEnders from the 25th of February to the 11th of December 2014. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you again for joining us. Hi, that's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Problem. So um, we're going to talk about EastEnders a little bit uh, in, a, in, a, in a while, but to start mm. off, we're going to talk about how you kind of got the acting bug to start with. Was it something that you did at school or was there an average dramatics group you uh, went to when you were younger? I just fell in love with acting. I mean, it's really cliche, but it was the school <laughs> play when I was top year of primary school. I, I, I got on stage and I just instantly had this feeling. And in, even in the rehearsals, such as they were, I was like, I mm. can do this. I, I just, maybe it was grandiosity, <laughs> felt like I knew what I, what I wanted to do and felt like I could, you know, and you feel like you're good at something. And I just it went from there, but I didn't actually get involved in a lot of, I was quite a shy child, actually. Maybe that's another thing about going on stage. It was like, felt very daring. Um, but when I realized I could cope with it, it was great. But um, I didn't do much. I went to a few Saturday drama classes, but it kind of stayed um, quite low key in me until I got to about GCSE when you do drama. And we did a lot of devising work and making up plays based on issues. And I really fell in love with the idea of theatre as, um, as, as a way to communicate ideas, explore, have a point of view. So, it, yeah, I, I sort of set my heart on working in the theatre and um, uh, decided to go to university because I also was a student of languages. I studied French and I didn't want to not, I wanted to do it all. I just thought I want to go to university, I want to study theatre in a sort of theoretical context like the history of theatre and I mm. want to do my French and then I'm going to go to drama school and luckily it works <laughs> out <laughs> it, luckily it did so yeah yeah, yeah. Have, have you ever done any um plays in French or is that something you did at university no I I well when I went to study in France for a year um I read some plays in French and where I studied I did a theatre class there um wasn't really acting because it was well, it was acting but it wasn't it was a again we were studying the place so we'd read the, the bits out and I've done a couple of readings of French pieces over the years, but I've never acted properly. I yeah, um, I'd love to. Why not? <laughs> never, never acted properly. <laughs> oh, in, in French, I mean. Like, yeah. Oh, right. Because <laughs> um, you've, you've done like um, a few plays, haven't you, prior to when you did EastEnders? Yeah, I, most of my work was actually in, in theatre, really. Um, so uh, when I left drama school, I think I've done plays at the National Theatre, a tricycle, Soho, toured some Shakespeare around the country a few years wow. ago was it in Birmingham about to go to Sheffield to do a play um a couple of weeks so and I studied at like drama school where mostly you're, you're learning theatre craft mm. so it just kind of felt more at home but tv is something I, I love doing and has come in more and more of, as my career goes on and uh, yeah it's, it's always really exciting um we're lucky to play some very interesting characters such as Bosch you know that was a real oh yes yeah, Tosh is a very complex character wasn't mm. she yeah, really late yeah, she, she had that real layer to her where she wasn't just that outright villain, was she? She had that softer side to her, which um, the audience saw. Is that quite important for you, playing Tosh? Well, definitely, because it was important. With, I, oh, I felt when, I, when I, the storyline was sort of presented to me, 
I jumped at the chance to explore such a complex, difficult issue as domestic violence, um, and as well as with the same sex angle in there as well, which hadn't been done before. And it was important to me that she was a complex character because these are always complex situations. And by complex, and I don't mean that we need to feel sorry for her. Um, I was very comfortable with um, inhabiting (laughs) her worst qualities and really digging into the pain. Yeah, well, the pain and justification uh, that she Mm. finds in herself to be cruel to female. I was very comfortable with that because but it, I felt it was important to make her a human being because sometimes um, it can be, uh, sim- I think it's simplistic to think violence is always a very clear cut, you know, in that there's a very, very bad person doing bad things. Sometimes someone who means well can become very dark and do really important things. So, yeah, it was important to me that she was, she had those balance, balance, nuance, I guess. There were layers. Yeah. The, the layers exactly. There's um because we they, they kind of investigate the layers uh, of Tosh when you first meet her mother because when she has a meal which Tina sets up with Tosh and Tosh's mum, uh, you learn that Tosh had a difficult or a kind of frosty relationship between her and her mother. Yeah, I mean the the sort of backstories there is that T, uh, Tosh and Tina have had a very different relation um, experience of being LGBT, like um. Sasha's not been accepted by her family, whereas the Carter's all very um, okay with teenage sexuality, of course, and very loving and nurturing family, you know, mm. um, or, or by and large, even though they're a bit crazy, but, you know, they love each <laughs> Say that again, sorry. So everyone on the square seems a bit crazy, though. So. Yeah, yeah, you've got to be a little bit crazy. No, in a, in a, in a, in a fantastic yeah. way. Uh, there's a bit, not, you know, a lot of drama going on, but uh, essentially Carter's are a loving family and Tosh hasn't had that. And that's pain and that alienation from her mother, her rejection, her father, is one of the driving reasons behind her anger, her, ex- her anger yeah. and her need to lash out. And I think also the, her resentment yes. of Tina, because even though she said she was in love with Tina, obviously she wasn't really, because really she was trying to, I think by being with Tina, she felt like, by being with someone who was essentially a very good person, I think Tosh met, met, felt better about herself. She was drawn to Tina's light because she was so dark. But also she would take it out on Tina that Tina maybe hadn't understood how difficult it can be to, to come out um, and not be accepted. Tina didn't, in, in the story we saw, we didn't, we, we don't know that Tina's had any of those experiences. So it, up at that point, to that point in Tina's backstory. So yeah. there was a lot of resentment and a lot of jealousy, um, but it came from a place of pain of her, a mother and parent rejection, you know, so that was interesting to, to work around, work with. Yeah, I think you're right, actually, because um, obviously Tina was quite a young character in respect of when you joined as Tosh. And um, from what we knew, Tina had, um, not an easy ride, but had a, an easier ride than perhaps what Tosh had up until when they met. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, just, or even if it hadn't been easy from day one, the fact was her, she had her family around her. Tosh arrived on the square as a completely a- a- alone, a- isolated figure. The only person that she had any connection to was Tina. She didn't even really get on with any of Tina's family. Um, so there's something, you have to look at someone who is such an alone figure, yet has externally such a kind of, confident charismatic you know ballsy sort of yeah sort of you know from the outside she looks like someone who's got loads going for her but if you take a closer look you see a woman who doesn't really have any friends who has a partner that she's not very nice to and lives very in very very, almost you know she's moved into her partner's house into her partner's family it's quite clingy it's quite quite sad really if you think about it that's what I enjoyed about Tosh I saw an aching vulnerability and I think the show the writers picked up on that in that then they moved the storyline in the sort of middle passage of my time there into the thing about the baby and her wanting to start a family, which might seem surprising about a woman who had so much like career and, you know, 
very sort of not necessarily someone you think of being very domestic, but there's obviously an aching gap in her, kind of some sort of you know absence of love and connection that she yeah she wants to give give that love to uh, maybe her baby or or, or, as well as Tina together as a unit. Yeah, exactly. So it's really a woman desperate, but kind of tragic because she what she wanted most connection, love, family. Uh, she wanted it so much that she actually ended up pushing away. Like she was trying to control Tina. And obviously the violence began to come about when she felt jealousy. Mm. She felt threatened. So this toxic love was the thing, her undoing because you can't control people, particularly not through physical violence. Yeah. So and that level, I, there was loads for me to get my teeth into with Tosh. It was, it, and for me, actually, it was really important that it was... Um, that we used it to educate or, or to sort of shed light on very difficult questions. Uh, yeah, so, uh, sorry. To sort of oh, no, absolutely. This is great. Honestly, it's lovely. It's, as I say, it's a great having a conversation <laughs> about Tosh, actually, because, as you say, it's so much to, to underneath Tosh that perhaps you, you kind of re-examine Tosh and you see her from not a sympathetic light, but uh, you can more understand why perhaps this is the way she's become. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's, I do think it's important because what I kind of wanted was for somebody in who was very, who might identify with Tosh, as in when she came on the square, they might think, oh yeah, I get this lady, I'm like her as well. Or or it could be a guy, you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's tough and then sort of, you know, I wanted them to gradually understand how much they relate to her on a way that might surprise them. So basically there will be people who are abusive to their partners. They may never have gone to the length that Tosh has, but maybe they're controlling, maybe they are dominant, maybe they are bullying. I wanted them to get an uncomfortable sense of identification with her. And the only way to do that was to make her human. Because we have had, I mean, EastEnders has done domestic violence storylines before, and the famous one, Little Mo and Treble, mm. amazing, hard-hitting, beautifully acted, well, amazingly well acted. But let's face it, nobody, <laughs> unless you're a complete psychopath, would identify yeah. with Trevor, because he was, he, was he was crazy. And, 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 and Little Mo was an absolute victim. She was sweet and kind and soft, and he ruthlessly, that I wanted with, with Tosh uh, and her relationship with Tina to be a little bit more nuanced just because the, I think the way to change society change people's behavior is to let drama reflect the mirror back at them and go oh yeah and no one's going to say oh, I'm a bit like Trevor but someone might say oh I am a bit like Tosh <laughs> yeah there's that part of her which you can see isn't it from her family not accepting her that's a really relatable thing for some some people do at home yeah and the way that she would a lot of the dominance of Tina before it got physical would be verbal. So she would like twist Tina's words, uh, make Tina doubt herself, uh, control her through sort of, you know, uh, bullying really. And that can happen in relationships. And obviously it can uh, just, it's part of human, you know, it can be quite normal and it's not really sinister, but it can be escalated to the point where somebody is taking control of somebody else's Mm. mind. And it's emotional um, abuse and psychological abuse. So this storyline had, all elements. It was physical, emotional, and psychological abuse. And so I, I felt very passionate. Yes. And there was the LGBT angle to it. Uh, so we worked with some charities, uh, Broken Rainbows, uh, or a, a phone line set up uh, to be a, obviously a, a port of call for people in same-sex domestic violence, and Stonewall as well. We worked them, um, consulted them on the storyline because it's not given enough, particularly between women and, and between men. Because people say, "Well, how can two men having a fight be abuse?" It's between men, or how can two women having a fight be abused? Surely they're just girls. Girls don't hurt each other. In the way, the programme was quite daring to make Tosh's final assault on Tina quite so brutal because it was 
was pretty horrific. And you know, the, the gloves are off. You know, we said this is how bad it could be. We want people to take it seriously. Yeah, I suppose you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's almost an untapped story where um, it's a same-sex relationship where someone has this dominance or manipulation over the other one. But as you say, um, Tosh was portrayed much differently to how Trevor and the Little Mo storyline was portrayed because Tosh Tosh wasn't just, as you say, that black and white character. There was more to her to her than, than meets the eye. Mm. I was wondering, taking on this really dark role and filming it, like, all those long hours, what was it like when the cameras stopped and you then had to go home? Do you find it quite easy to detach yourself from that character when you get home? Yes and no. I mean, I, I remember filming the scenes mm. where I'd be violent to Tina, um, particularly the last one. I felt very shaken by it because I have to wind myself up into such an un- unpleasant place. I'm having to go to a part of my... Not that I <laughs> relate to what Tosh is doing, but I just mean where that sense of rage and anger and vicious resentment, um, it's not a nice place to inhabit. So I remember being quite shaken. I need to give um, Louisa a hug and we need to kind of, you know, shake off the day. And, and then I try and go home and forget about it. But yeah, obviously it's not nice. It leaves like, a, a trace in the body, I think. And, but yeah, it's yeah. I suppose that's what you have to do. <laughs> you kind of, no, but I think it's good because you, as an actor, that's kind of your job is to kind of put yourself in those positions. It isn't pleasant, but I'm almost, I was grateful for the opportunity to explore it. Dwelling on it. (laughs) On the train back to South London. (laughs) Forget about it. Have a glass of wine. (laughs) Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) You had a few few nice scenes actually um, in EastEnders as well. There was um, notably one with Shirley where she confronted you um, when you were at the station, and um, you uh, basically hosed her down. Now it's a it's a it's a really fun scene. We've actually I I know it's a. in its context, is maybe not so funny, but it's interesting to see how even you kind of stood up to Shirley, and uh, she's always seen as like being almost the matriarch of the Carters, even then. Is it, is it, was it fun filming scenes with um... Linda? Yes, it was. She was very game in that scene because you know she had to be blasted by this hose. I mean, they had to have a stunt double <laughs> as well because it's dangerous, you know. But 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 Linda really had to get in the in the line of fire and do all this writhing on the floor and be utterly drenched and. She was really great about it. I thought she did a really great performance as well. So it was funny. Well, but it is a funny scene. I mean, it's quite surprising, obviously, because as you say, nobody would really get the better of her. Um, but I know that character had co- had comic roots as well. And I think they kind of married the two sides of her. You know, cause it was a very sort of like almost comic book. Like she stood up, like blowing a fringe out of her face. Like, oh, I'll get you next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting um, on that scene too. You can actually see how Tosh has the respect from her peers and in front of her male colleagues at the uh, fire station, she was very strong and they, they saw her as very strong and they looked up to her where, you know, it's a very male orientated job. Is that something with like Tosh would always want oh, to be, betray herself? I think actually uh, it's very true to life because I did a little, a little bit of research, some research about, um, and actually there's someone on set who was telling me who used to be a female firefighter. It's a very, okay. very male dominate. I mean, obviously, it's, but it's a very, very heavily um, macho world. Um, to be accepted in the crew, you have to work very hard um, as a firefighter and also in terms of your rapport with everybody, your bravery, your banter, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, because, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say this is typical. This, per- this particular person has had a very bad experience. That's why she left and went to TV production. There was bullying. Yeah. But um, that's just one example. And obviously, the fire service, great. I love fire surface. No, no disrespect to them. But anything where there's an imbalance so heavily in terms of gender um, and sexuality, yeah. not just a woman, she's a gay woman, okay? 
I think to survive in that world and to move through and do well in her job, she's had to become quite bulletproof and make the joke first. You know, she's got to be the sort of person who steps in and she's obviously from that scene, yeah, won their respect and they love her. She's probably the, you know, the smartest mouth, fastest talker, you know, bravest. You know, you have to be the best of the best to survive. But that goes for anyone who's an outsider and it might be your gender, it might be sexuality, it might be, I don't know, where you're from, your accent, you know, we all know it's what can relate to that idea of being, a, you know, if you're the smallest, you've got to be the funniest. You know, That's right. I think. You know, she's battling a few things, you know, a few of the labels that could be used against her. You're a woman, you're gay, you're mixed race, and she's overcome them all. There's a hugely heroic yeah. side to Tosh, you know, I think as well. Yeah, I think the survivor in her, I think her demon, this relationship with Tina just brings out her demons. I'd like to think it's the only time she'll ever do that to something. I really would like to think that wherever she is now, she's uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting um, to find out where Tosh is now because uh, that's that's, some, that's something that um, a lot of people we were asking on social media for questions and for people to um, um, give a, f- a few questions to us and um, one of the main ones most people were asking was um, you know if Tosh was to come back would she go oh, and be with Tina again would this relationship work out well better? I'd like to think that if Tosh came back she'd have learned and would come back to say sorry I also think that story mm. might involve her saying, I don't won't, won't ask to be your girlfriend again. I think I'd be Tosh would have grown up to realise that relationship is dead. Yeah. It was toxic for both of them. I mean, she, yeah, when, when Tosh left, Tosh, Tosh said, didn't she? She said, you were the best thing I ever had to Tina. And then, but she kind of, in a, quietly said to herself that she kind of ruined it for herself. So would you think it would be just to come back to apologise to Tina? Or would you think she'd fight well, to get it Tina being back? Extenders, she'd obviously go and fight to get her back. <laughs> it's more dramatic. <laughs> and you walk up, no, 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 right. no, 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 no. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, of course. Of course, you could. In the universe, Tosh will ride up on a motorbike um, <laughs> and go, all right, babe, I'm back. And I've been to anger management. Oh, I'm feeling good. Let's get back together. And then. <laughs> let's try it again, shall we? Yeah, let's have it again. I don't know. It could happen. I don't know. Um, I think. I think. The reason for Tosh's absence is she's quite a hard character to rehabilitate without a lot of time passing. So I don't know if they'll ever invite me back. I mean, they, they did try and have me back for a couple of days, um, a year or so after I left. I was, wasn't available to shoot. Um, yeah, and to be honest, I would only really want to come back if they were going to not, I don't, mm, give Tosh a few episodes to kind of complete her arc. I want people to know what happened to her afterwards. I mean, I'd like, to think, I'd like them to know that she learned her lesson because my only issue with being left up in the air, I don't mind not being on the show anymore. I had such a great time. Mm. And I never want to really look back, you know. But the thing that was left up in the air is, did this person um, get rid of these issues which make her dangerous? She was a dangerous person. She was violent. She left Tina in a terrible state and wasn't arrested and wasn't charged with anything. And she went off into the public. And I'd like people to know what happened. And again, for the people who might have slightly identified with her, even, you know, to know that actually... No, she went off and she learned about herself and she learned how it is never excusable to take out your mess with no. somebody else. You know, that's the thing. Because that's the other flip side of her being so human. Great that she's so human, but um, let's not end up for one minute saying we're just excusing that. And it was, oh, she mm. messed up, it's okay. Really, really bad. Oh, she should have been to prison. Like, I actually All right, think. so you think she should have been, um, had her comeuppance in, in the end? She should have had that? Absolutely. Absolutely, she should have been arrested and put in prison for assault. I mean, she... she very, very mm. savagely beat Tina. Um, I'm, I'll be honest about that. I was disappointed 
because without prosecuting her, we haven't really taken the... No, that's, a, that's an excellent point, a very excellent point. No, that really is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm never coming back now. They're like, oh. <laughs> uh, no. um, but um, it would be also yeah. been very interesting if uh, Tosh was to come out of prison. What, would that change anything about Tosh? Would it make her harder? Would it make her more? Oh, well, gosh, you know. Who knows? Who knows? No, I was going to say, well, of course, they could just make her badder and badder and badder. I mean, she'd come out and she's, or she's a, or she's definitely not um, recovered those issues with Tina, but she's become like a proper crim, like she's an organised crime. Because I was, I wondered if at one point she, her and Phil Mitchell were going to like go in cahoots because they did have a, they had one episode, one scene together. There was some mm. kind of thing there where I think, you know, he was like, oh, you recognise someone who's capable of being yeah. a bit of a wrong yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Tosh is a yeah. You know what I mean? He's a daredevil. So, so yeah, in a way, they could apologise to Tina for beating <laughs> her up, but she's also now a massive, like, criminal king. Oh, king my goodness, Corey, this right? is it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking this a lot. He's now, like, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if you carry on, you still watch EastEnders, but obviously they had that Aiden storyline recently where he tried to take over the square, so maybe Tosh could come in and Trying to do the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, I think. Well, why not? Why not? She's she's definitely got the the kind of kahunas to do that. And um, yes. um, yeah, I maybe she could try to take over the Vic. One. Why not? Well, the, the, the ultimate revenge on the Carters. Absolutely. Me and Tosh a mix wearing off once and for all. Yeah. Oh, they're having a bad time of it at the moment, so I don't think they need anything else to. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I think Tosh needs to leave them alone. So Ben, I see you're sporting a attractive T-shirt there and a baseball cap and drinking your hot coffee from a mug. Mm, don't forget my apron and my pillow. Oh, and your pop socket. <laughs> yes, and they've all got the same design on them. Some might say it looks quite plain with wearing all of them, but I wouldn't say that. I'd say you look stylish and fashionable. Mm. Queen Vic. The Queen Vic Bust, an mm. exclusive design that was drawn for the EastEnders Weekly Podcast merchandise store, which you can find by going to shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash EastEnders Weekly Podcast. So um, enjoy the second part of our interview with Rebecca Scroggs. I wanted to also, um, a few people were asking what it was like on like your first day on set seeing seeing that really famous set of the square and things. What was that like for you to see it and see all these characters that you've been watching on screen for years? Yeah, it was really mm-hmm. surreal, obviously. It was completely bizarre. Um, I sort of got on set, you know, put on this fireman's outfit and was marched <laughs> onto Albert Square where they've got the Queen Vic. And then they said, then um, there's a fireman there and a whole fire truck and everything. And this guy was like, climb this ladder. Um, and I said, climb this ladder. And then Danny Darko just said, out the top window of the Vic. Like, all right. And I was like, what am I doing? What is going on here? The whole, I think, I don't know if I ever got over it, really. It's just completely bizarre when you're going into work and your, your, mm, your office okay. is Albert Square. And then you're, in, you're doing the interior scene. Well, they've actually changed the set since I was there. It's all a bit different, I think. But when I was there, in this big aircraft hangar with all the inter- interior scenes, so you're sitting in uh, the Carter's kitchen. And then across, a bit like Ikea, actually across the aisle wow. is the laundrette, all laid out, ready to go be the laundrette when Doc steps on and then next to that is you know someone else's house and it's all like Ikea you wander through there's no walls you know and it's like oh god I've never seen done studio television like that to see how it's all sort of you know uh, laid out and so it was just a kick it was just a kick I got a kick out of it and a buzz it was hilarious and a meeting these people 
that have been in my I mean I, I used to watch this then from a very young age <laughs> really I'm probably too young actually um and, uh, really um and I watched it all the way through till about the I don't know the early noughties or something when you get the early 2000s, like two, year 2000 or something like that. That's it, isn't it? We have our little gap is when we were first old enough to go out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just, I just filmed an episode of Casualty, and I hadn't watched Casualty since I was oh, about my goodness. 16, <laughs> when suddenly Saturday nights I had better things to do than watch, you know, but up until then it was an absolute, you know, Casualty. <laughs> absolutely. Saturday night, I think it was 8 o'clock or whatever it was. Yes, Charlie and Duffy, yes. Um... Yeah, so EastEnders are similar. It was like, that's the end uh, I grew up. I mean, so, you know, and uh, all legends everywhere. Do you all have a lunch break at the same time or do you all kind of film sporadically throughout the... So do you get to... Yeah, there's not a lot of... Well, there's not a huge amount of mixing just because we're all filming different things. And some... Um, but there is a canteen mm-hmm. where you can go. I used to go there occasionally. And, like, you, yeah, you'd see people sit around at a table with whoever was around and then there'd be, like, the whole beat cast would be at the next <laughs> table and it's all very weird. Everyone's in scrubs there, and we're all like wearing. Like, we're wearing. <laughs> and there were a couple of social things we did, and you know, well, we drove to the British Open Awards or the National when it was on a big red bus. The whole Eastenders cast on a big red bus. It's like, what's going on? Fantastic! Oh, that's amazing. I think they're quite wild nightly um, award nights, aren't they? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. No comment. Um, <laughs> we went to the British Soap Awards. I think it was. Oh, it was, yeah, we all ended up in the same hotel as Hollyoaks. It's really funny. It's oh. like being away on like a school trip. They're all in team. We're in team you know. Oh, Hollyoaks said that they can go back to, we can go back to theirs. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, where are you? I'm with some Corrie. Bring them, you know. Like. Have a couple of tizers in someone's room, eh? <laughs> yeah, just a couple of tizers uh, after eight, and after eight, and a glass of port, you know. Ready to tuck yourself in for another night of filming? Absolutely. Your first six crack of I mean, the British Soap Awards have just gone bigger and bigger, haven't they? So I suppose that maybe it's cleaned up its act a little bit, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, I think that, I mean, no, no, honestly, it's just good fun because obviously yeah. it's, all, it's a work jolly, isn't it? And what is amazing is because we all, when you're in the soap world, it's quite a weird little bubble. Like you're sitting in the same room as of dozens of people who also get what it's like to be on these institutions soaps. You know, Corey obviously get what EastEnders go through and, and Hollyoaks and who else is in there, Doctors and who else, you know. And so it is a bit of a work journey and people just get to socialise and hang out. And yeah, some of them, wherever you, it's filmed, uh, people are either in a hotel or they're in their home city. So it's just a celebration, really. And, and it's full of crazy characters because uh, a lot of these actors on these shows are just larger than life people. That's why they got the job. You know, they are just performers. And, well, that's oh. it, isn't it? That's what they say acting is. It's just showing off, isn't it? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not that. I think it's, it's a lot harder than that. Trust, I, I can completely simplify you guys. Not, but I'm also very, very, I mean, it's not, not coal mining. No, no that's <laughs> not true. No, I just like to give that disclaimer. Not saving lives, not going down the coal mine. But yeah, it is hard work. It's hard work. Um, and there's a lot to it, you know. So um, it's a craft and it's graft. Yeah. Graft. It's hard graft. Um, Absolutely. How was it going from theatre to television, like filming-wise and work-wise? Was it quite difficult, that change in... Um, it, it's quite different. It's a whole different, like, sort of, um, in theatre, obviously, you, the rehearsal process is kind of the four or five weeks you're you know, in a room exploring, picking something apart and going over it again and again and again and keeping your relationship with your fellow actors. And telly can feel quite brutal in sort of thrown in set. The rehearsal really is just uh, while you're um, sorting out the technical. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you've got questions, you can ask questions, but, but really, uh, it's, it's moving forward very fast. 
and then it's kind of throw it out and see what happens. I mean, with EastEnders, one thing about EastEnders is because it's filmed multi-camera, so you've got, like when you're inside, you've got up to four cameras filming you. So you basically just run the scenes again and again and again, and the cameras are picking you up. And so it's a little bit more yeah. like theatre, you know, without the audience. You're just doing the scene from beginning to end. You just start, okay, do it again, do it again, do it again. So, so EastEnders is quite interesting in that. I think that's where you get the naturalism and the kind of relaxation, and the actors are just sort of rolling over the scene. Other shows, most shows are mm. shot on single camera, it's pointing at a certain direction and then it, you know the shot sizes get bigger and smaller bigger and smaller and it's all turned around on the other actor and there the pace is slower you're not turning over as many scenes but uh you're working shot sizes so you might be like modifying your acting a bit like oh it's my close-up now so i'm gonna like i don't know <laughs> a little yeah. deeper or you know there's a whole other technical thing going on but i, I really enjoy the, the contrast i'm how that said i'm i'm now really looking forward to it because i've just done a I've done two teddies now back to back black and just um, casualty app and now I'm going to do a play and I'm so excited yes you're, you're, we, we, we're going to talk about the play I mean it's at the Sheffield Crucible is that right Crucible yeah that's right yeah and it's a, it's a two-hander and it's a really interesting play so it's all it's, it's very like local play about Sheffield really about Sheffield and the sort of polit- political movements up there the kind of working class mm. community and the Labour Party it's a comedy though I have to say it's not too heavy it's just about outsiders coming into a tight-knit community and how uh, and how that can be perceived and how the sort of right and wrong way of doing that. Like one of the characters sort of bulldozes in and offends everyone. The other one maybe doesn't shout loud enough. Right, because it, it's about three decades, yeah. isn't it, of women in politics. Is it? Is it spe- yeah, it was set between, basically there's, there's only four, two actors mm. in the play, myself and the guy called Nigel Betts, who's from Emmerdale, I think. And um, we will play two characters each. One strand is in 1989, where Josie is trying to become a local councillor. She's from Sheffield. But she's young and she's mixed race. And so, and, and therefore she's yes. in 1989, could be perceived as a little bit of an outsider to the mainstream like Labour Party movement. In 2018, Vanessa Gallagher is an MP from London, but born in Sheffield, but she really doesn't have any connection to Sheffield apart from that. She's coming up to stand to be their local mayor, the Metro mayor. Yeah. Like Andy Burnham is in Manchester. She's standing to be that in Sheffield. But she brings with her a very like London centric point of view and way of being and doing. And it's a little bit condescending about the North and the community and old-fashioned labour values. She's a bit, I mean, she's, again, a woman of colour and she's young and, you know, so she's progressive and really liberal, but it's just, in, in some ways, when some of the comedy comes to her, just sort of <laughs> bulldozing through. But then again, it's about the resistance that communities yeah. can have to new ideas and stuff. And kind of nothing's really resolved. It's all just up in the air, like, you know, no moral to the tale. <laughs> is, it, is it slightly satirish <laughs> or is it... Is it- yeah, it is, particularly with Vanessa, because she's so sort of like London and she makes her big cups mm-hmm. of coffee and she's like, oh, well, she has to make it at home because she can't get a decent cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> so that, you know, she, she's saying stupid things and she's very sort of like, um, she's not in a relationship, she's a polyamorous pansexual. Oh, right. <laughs> Which is fantastic when she's saying this to this kind of rather traditional Yorkshireman who's like, yeah, what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what, what's this word you're saying? <laughs> what is all this? This is all this. So, you know, there's a sort of satire of, yeah, the kind of language or, you know, cultures in this country. You know, we've got people speaking completely different languages talking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, it's, it's also a, a, maybe a generation gap where the young people say words yeah. and the older people and they're just like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, very much so. She's in her thirties, and the and the guy she is working off is is in his fifties or sixties. So there's a big gap there. So yeah, very much so. Yeah. Fantastic. And have you started rehearsals for that? I presume you have. 
Uh, no, I'm not. I, I start on Monday the 13th of August. So I've got to move up to Sheffield for a couple of months. I'm looking forward to it. I've heard really great things about it. The place, get my things sorted. <laughs> and yeah, that's going to be great. And I'll see when I get back what, what comes up. And Black's going to be aired early 2019. Looking forward to that. It's a really great show. Yeah, that's on UK TV, isn't it, in the UK? It's going to be on... Yes, which kind of makes Dave and weird... Well, it's a new... They've never made their own TV before. They they usually show reruns. It's their first project. It's an incredible piece. Anna Paquin, I know her from being an X-Men, from being in True Blood, from being... Yeah, amazing people. Alan Davis is in the episode. Max Beasley. Oh, Sophie Okanedo is in it throughout. Um... We've got a guy who was in the West Wing in an episode. Like it's it's a glossy, funny, smart, slick show about uh, celebrity PR. Um, it's oh, very funny, and I play another gay character, <laughs> uh, which is just an honor. I'm actually, as it happens, heterosexual, but I often play gay women. It's great, and I'm her sort of Anna Paquin's, you know, old flame. Oh, also another old flame coming into. Another old flame coming in. She's <laughs> going on. A bit, a bit nicer than Tosh. No, 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 no. Much more balanced. <laughs> Reese is in control of herself. She's got it together. And has the, has uh, your new episode of Casual TV aired yet, or is that still? No, I've literally just shot it last week, so it'll be out in November the third, I think. I saw on the November the third. Yes. Keep so that up. is um, pre- a pregnant woman, not straight pregnant woman. <laughs> uh, Weirdly enough, when I did an episode of Holby, I also played a pregnant oh. woman. Um, so I don't know what's going on. Some memos are going yeah. around <laughs> about what I can't play, pregnant or gay. Not both at the same time at the moment. Could happen. Watch out. Do you, because um, obviously Casualty, Holby City, do, do you audition for these? Or because the producers kind of talk to one another and say, oh, we really want, you know, Becca to do this role? I've still been through auditions, but I certainly knew. In fact, I kind of got EastEnders out of doing an episode of Doctors, I was told. And I did this episode. And um, the BBC casting department watch Doctors. They have it on in their office because it's they, they, every episode of Doctors, there's at least four guest artists on it. So mm. they keep an eye to see who's around. And they saw me doing this character. And um, they were, oh, she looks great for this new regular. Extenders. They called me in for that. So it was a very warm audition when I auditioned for Extenders. And then um, basically did one audition and then came back for a sort of recall. But I kind of had the, had the job, basically, by the time I recalled, which was amazing. I mean, they didn't tell me that till after, but I kind of, you know, Louisa actually, she's just so funny. When we she she read with me in my recall, and then she um, walked down the stairs to me. She was like, "You're the only person they're seeing. I'm not supposed to tell you that, but I said it now." You know? Oh, it's fantastic! That's what you want to hear, though, isn't it? And I was like, "You're joking?" She's like, "Yeah, and you, that worked really well, so you've got the job." And I was like, "You're joking? I've just got a job on extenders." She's like, "Yeah, but like, you're not supposed to know that." <laughs> um, but yeah, I do audition for them. But um, having when you've just done some work, yeah, they're, they're looking upon you favorably. But you know, you still have to. I mean, I suppose one day I might get to the point where they just dish me out jobs. That would be, nice. be lovely, wouldn't but, it? That's every actor's dream to get the offer. Mm. There's an offer come through your agent that says, it's like the best moment. <laughs> like, what? No audition? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just roll into the role. And <laughs> exactly. That's it. They want you. Yeah, one day, one no, day. No, I'm sure it will. It's, it's, honestly, it's, it's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing this uh, new series of Black and the episode of Casualty, which you say is November the 3rd. It's all sound amazing. Well, I've had a good time this year. Yeah, it's been really fun. Really fun. So long may it continue. Oh, exactly. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, is, have you had a, anything you wanted to do where you think this is like my next dream role? Is there something you haven't been able to do yet that you'd quite like to be involved? Well, yeah, in my kind of guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. but my, or my guilty, 
ambition would be anything in Game of Thrones, which isn't going to happen because obviously it's really oh, no, it But then I want to be like a queen. In, are they going to do loads of spin-offs I hear on different worlds and different, you mm-hmm. know, those countries. Um, I want to be a queen in a, one of the new worlds and ride a horse and, you know, the castle. Oh yeah, that sounds fantastic that's, fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to do. And apart from that, I also want to play like a Shakespearean, you know, lead act role kind of thing. So classical theatre or some really fun telly. Yeah. A filming of Broadway where I ride a horse. <laughs> you got the horse. It's all about the horse. Do you ride horses in well, is that a hobby of yours? Not not since I was a little kid, but you know, a lot of girls dream about riding horses and, and I grew up watching costume dramas yeah. and so I kind of wanted to wear a corset and ride a horse but it doesn't come up very often you know depending on your casting you know you kind of you know not gonna make it into whole dark so um you know I'm like yeah I want to get exercise that bit of me that like wants to well I would be a damsel on a horse or a kick queen I think you'd make a queen better yeah you'd suit the queen I think yeah you're no damsel you're no damsel no I think not so we're going to just ask a couple more questions if we can just kind of about from our social media uh just a couple yeah sure um Kate uh, McDevitt um, asks, uh, what scene did you find most upsetting to film for EastEnders? Oh, well, well, probably the not wasn't the final scene, but one of the final scenes when I um, had to, you know, uh, attack Tina. That was very upsetting. Mm. It really wasn't very nice. Um, it's a very hard scene to watch. I mean, we will, we will, we, we watch scenes and that scene's incredibly difficult to watch. Yeah, it's, it's horrible, it's, isn't it? Mm. But it's great. It's well portrayed. It's well. It's, yeah, that's what I mean. It's sort of what do you call it. It's sort of um, bit, you know, poison child. It's like it's great that it's so hard to watch, but that made it hard to film. But so I felt really nasty after that. What was this? <laughs> so I suppose you are always accessing parts of yourself in a way. I mean, you're revealing something about what you might look like if you're pushed to that anger. But anyway, so that was difficult. I also want to say because just because we've already just talked about that scene of it. Um, feel like some of the scenes where Tosh was very upset about the baby. Now, they weren't as difficult in the same way as that, that scene, but there was stuff when, you know, she lost her baby. Mm. Yeah, mm. It's, it's a different side you have to tap into, isn't it? That mm. Despair and, mm. you know, I don't have children myself, so, you know, just accessing her need really was difficult. I think actually, honestly, that was a real acting challenge. Probably more than the violence, weirdly, was to access someone who wanted a baby that desperately. Mm. Personally, I would have thought that she was in such a great place or it just wasn't the right time. But she, because some trigger in her mind told her that now was the time to have a baby. You know, that was quite hard to get my head around. I didn't really, when they told me she was going to want a baby, I wasn't really that on board with it. <laughs> but really? Oh, really? Oh, no, fair enough. It's great. It's all great. Oh, well, yeah, well, that's yeah. meaty. I was like, oh, oh really? okay because i just wanted to carry on talk exploring tina and tosh themselves and also tosh as a woman as a career woman as a, you know she didn't put out a single fire let me just make that point yeah i was a bit galled by that because there was a fire on the yeah, squares and i it was put out by by ben and ian's son and i was like hang on a minute what not even one bit of oh Tosh oh. checked people's vital signs when they were brought out of the building. Yeah, she did. By, she, um, she made sure. Peter. Yeah. So she was doing first aid, but I was like, there is a fire. <laughs> the own the square's resident firefighter is nowhere near it. In fact, I was wearing like a skirt, and it was a summer day. I was wearing like a pencil skirt and a bikini top. I was like, I was like basically that, uh, most unprepared to like fight a fire. I was like, this is really not fair. So I would have actually preferred. 
Gosh, that's some tie fighting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I was doing all the firefighter exercise stuff. I was learning how to be firefighter fit. That's a spin-off, isn't it? You could um, have like London Burning with Tosh. Yeah. Maybe she could go um, into Holby as a firefighter, like who they... Well, like a crossover. And he's oh, right. just... Yeah, she could do a crossover. She can move to wherever the fictional <laughs> city of Holby and um, be like the firefighter that you see occasionally. You know, she wouldn't be in every, every, every episode. But she'd pop up occasionally, you know, when people yeah. are fires or out of that. You get her redemption, yeah. save a few oh lives. I think that's a secret, because I don't yes. know if they can redeem her on EastEnders, but she could pop up on another show. Yeah, there you go. John <laughs> <laughs> right, York. Well, that's not John York's decision. He's running, he's running EastEnders now. He runs Holby. Put it out there. You, must, you guys must have contact. Oh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, use, <laughs> we'll use our contacts. Can I, can I prefer casualty? I actually, having just worked on it, I really liked it down there. So I'd like to go back. Can you put, can you put a little feeder out that I'd like to be that in casualty? Will, I tell you what, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll put it, when we um, tweet, we'll, we'll put a few feeders out, as you say, when we, when we say that we interviewed you. We'll, we'll make Thank a big deal about it. Don't you yeah, worry. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, you had more questions. No, it's great. Right. It's lovely. <laughs> we had a question from Brendan um, who wanted to know, obviously, because you were a villain on EastEnders, sometimes you don't always get the best reaction from fans. Did you receive any sort of bad reactions from fans or met fan mail that wasn't quite? Okay. None at or really really i got i got i mean i'm not saying i was university loved one time i did a search on twitter i searched my name or tosh's name on twitter (laughs) immediately realized you never do that don't ever go looking for comments about you i think to be fair one person once sent a negative comment with using my twitter handle (laughs) so i couldn't avoid looking at it and it was just something really petty and silly and schoolboy apart from that to my face and in the letters I've ever received, unless my agent's burning some, <laughs> I've only ever received um, support, and um, which is just a testament to the writing of the character and that they say, managed yeah. to make very human. People often write, oh, she was very difficult to watch and it was a very you know, complex storyline and uncomfortable at times. They're not saying, oh, I love her, she's amazing, oh, she's my hero. <laughs> They're saying that she was yeah, complex and difficult. But I, I have not received any of the, um, of, I've heard infamous, legendary, uh, abuse and vilification that some people do, and it might be where I live. I live in like bright central mm. London, I live in Brixton, um, and it's a very African Caribbean area. Um, who an African? This sounds like a real generalization. So many fans <laughs> in that community of the show. Particularly being from the community myself, I more often would get stopped in the street to congratulate me on my good fortune and my hard work and everything like that. That was their main thrust. It was yeah. like, yeah, go on, girl. Oh, a local girl and then they might say oh that Tosh is a bit she's a bit of a one yeah she is but um that was my experience now if you went to other parts of the country or I don't know I, I think Louise used to say when she was out she lived in I won't say where but outside of London well, obviously and, and obviously if you're going to meet the, the actress you're obviously going to be on her side so she would get lots of people telling her how much they hated me and it's just fair enough <laughs> <laughs> but in, but in a way, that's what kind of, it shows a credit to you and the writing of the character of Tosh doesn't it yeah it's showing that people were actually seeing that human side to that which was, was most yeah it wasn't you know two-dimensional it was obviously two-dimensional enough that people responded to it as a human being so it's all really good abuse on me but as I say you know search Tosh on Twitter probably a different story but I, <laughs> I went green. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> Everything from my appearance to my acting. To what oh. I think of the cap, you know, Twitter can be a nasty, murky place. That's yeah. why I don't go looking for it. Mm-hmm. Just, just let it go. Yeah. Do you actually yeah. just ignore it or just don't go, don't go out looking yeah. for it? If 
people haven't um, sent it to you directly, then you don't need to see it. Absolutely. My advice to anyone is trolling is a real thing, and often people don't have any choice. It's sent to their mm. inbox, and they have their thing. They have their choice. I mean, yeah, it's when they do it directly. It's a bit uneasy, yeah. isn't it? It's horrible. It's very hard. It's yeah, absolutely. Don't not. tell me I'm ugly. <laughs> oh, bless you. No. <laughs> funny, funny. Really, people waste their time. Well, that's right. They're wasting so much effort just to do something like that. It's just unnecessary. Do do it on something more productive. Help people out rather than, you know, anyway. And uh, we had one last question, um, which was, if you were going to speak to your younger self, um, what advice would you give them to get sort of into the acting career? What's that one bit of advice that you'd give the young guys listening? Oh, okay. So I'm thinking about this because it's quite a, quite a good question. Because, um, yeah, I think, well, they think we think they'll do it differently. Um, trust in the future. Trust in yourself. Be, work on your craft. Worry about the acting. Everything else will take care of itself. Don't worry about career. Don't worry about career. Don't waste any time. Enjoy and act. And act as much as you can and, and, and find ways to get better. If you don't know how to get better, go and ask someone how to get better. Because everyone can get better. You know, not be hard on yourself, but like really be a student of, the, of, that, of acting. And then things will just fall into place. Because if, if, you, if you send that sort of energy out, it will be, it will be met. Yeah, yeah. You put positive things out, positive things come back to you. Mm, mm, definitely. <laughs> Take care of itself. Fantastic, lovely. So, um, just to quickly go over then. So, you're at the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield with the place Steel from the 13th of September to the 6th of October. Excellent. And uh, and you're obviously we can catch you on TV in Casualty in November, and you're in the TV series Black, which is coming soon, which is very. <laughs> yeah, I think hopefully February next year. That's that was what they. That's the latest. Obviously, it could be a bit later than that, but hopefully. Fantastic, lovely. Oh, Can't wait. Yes, brilliant. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again for um, letting us stay hello to you and have yeah. a chat. And impose on your holiday. Yes, and impose on your holiday. We'll, we'll let you. Is it, is it sunny where you are? Because it's very sunny here. Really, really hot. I mean, it's hot in England, I know. It's it's really hot here, 37 degrees. Oh, um, my goodness. Uh, you know. um, but no, I just want to say that the reason I, I jumped at this chance is because, weirdly enough, I spent the week on casualty and um, talking to fellow actors I was meeting. And, People were like, oh, you have done this a while ago now. I was like, yeah, it is a while ago. It's like four or five years ago. Isn't that funny how time flies? Tasha was very much in my mind. And then I checked my Twitter and saw this message. I thought, you know what? I would like to talk about Tosh because I haven't actually spoken about Tosh for years. And I thought, actually, it felt very, you know, again, it's like, I don't know, universe. Yeah. Thought, yeah, let's have a chat. Let's just download Tosh and like deal with that and, you know, explore her. Because, yeah, kind of a chapter that closed a while ago now. <laughs> but it's a chapter that perhaps may reopen. Well, we've put it out there, we haven't have we? We've got the there now, so that's it. Comes back reformed, comes back as a criminal kingpin. I know, so many plans. Turns up on cut casualty. That's a three plan. You're going to have to free up your calendar. Three prong plan. Yeah, yeah three prong. It's got to cover the bases. But no, it, it, I bet it's, it's nice and cathartic, isn't it, to look back on something you've done before and just to discuss it again. Yeah, it uh, is. It is. Yeah, it was, I really enjoyed myself. So thank you for having me on. Well, there we go. So I remember when we recorded that and uh, it was just so great having to speak to Rebecca Squog. She was all the way in France. She was on holiday. I know. We interrupted her break just to, just so we could talk to her um, about the soap. But she was so great. She was a really good interview and uh, really friendly and really accepting to, you know, get involved and want to talk to us. It was really fun. Mm. Yeah. Very nice. Very forthcoming. 
Thursday. That's it. Very forthcoming. Told us everything we wanted to know. That's it. And more. A little bit too personal, some might say. <laughs> yeah, that's on the explicit um, edit. <laughs> <laughs> Which only we have. We, uh, For a small cost, we might release it. Maybe that could be our, if we ever start a Patreon channel. Maybe yeah. if we meet some million pounds. <laughs> of course, um, if you enjoyed that, uh, you can listen to our podcast, which is released every Sunday. It's our EastEnders Omnibus, where we talk about the show, features, games. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify or YouTube. Twitter at EastEnders Week, Instagram at EastEnders Weekly Podcast, email EastEndersWeekly at gmail.com, or just search EastEnders Weekly Podcast on Facebook. There you go. So we await our next interview, Lorna Fitzgerald. I'm still looking at you. <laughs>